0: AXIS Mundi. You're listening to an irreverent podcast. Visit irreverent.fm for more content from our amazing lineup of creators. What are the connections between purity culture and race? Why does purity culture work so hard to disembody people, make them feel as if they're not living in their own skin? And what do these things have to do with each other? Well, we're incredibly excited to announce our next Straight White American Jesus Seminar, Purity Culture, Race, and Disembodiment. In this class, the instructor, Dr. Sarah Mosliner, who is a leading researcher on purity culture and the leader of the After Purity Project, will take participants through various histories and ideologies as they relate to the racist origins of purity culture and how disembodiment is a tactic used by white evangelical leaders and others in order to achieve cultural, political, and religious dominance. Sarah Mosliner is the author of Virgin Nation, uh, a leading scholar on purity culture, and someone who's been studying this topic for over 15 years. Our seminar is going to run in May, every Thursday, and you can find all the information at StraightWhiteAmericanJesus.com under the Seminars tab. Welcome to Straight White American Jesus. My name is Brad Onishi, faculty at the University of San Francisco. Our show is hosted in partnership with the CAP Center, UCSB, and here today with an amazing guest to talk about uh, like a fascinating, fascinating topic. And uh, I'll tell you, friends, I do this, you know, as you know, uh, on a weekly basis, I read a lot. And there's just times you come across a topic that is not only like incredibly relevant for our public square and our contemporary political situation, but that just like you were just personally like, hey, what is going on there? And that is what we're going to talk about today with Dr. Brian Kaler, who is uh, the the editor and president of Word and Way, is a Baptist minister, uh, has a PhD in uh, political science communication, uh, has written everywhere from uh, CNN, Houston Chronicle, Kansas City Star, uh, St. Louis Dispatch, all over the place. is a is a highly sought after commentator and a uh, podcaster and and host and all kinds of things. Uh, has written a number of books, including Vote Your Principles, Party Must Not Trump Principles, Sacramental Politics, uh, and, uh, and so on. So first, let me just say, Brian, thanks for joining me. Well, I think Brad is a longtime listener, first time guest, so this is exciting. <laughs> well, that's that. I'm, uh, it's flattering to know you listen, but uh, super glad that you're here. And uh, we're here today to talk about the Unification Church. Now, some folks out there are like, what is the Unification Church again? And you all might have heard about it when you were younger, the 90s, the 2000s, as the Moonies. And and it's not a word that's used as much anymore. But the Moonies are a church that the Unification Church starts in Korea. Uh, Some of you might remember they're known for mass weddings, that there's these images of like thousands of people getting married at the same time. Um, But let me just start at the beginning, Brian, just so we make sure everyone listening kind of has a baseline. Like, What is the Unification Church and what makes it kind of distinct from, say, uh, what we might understand as mainstream evangelicalism or mainstream Protestantism in the United States, in Korea, or anywhere else?
1: Yeah, it's important to really get a sense of where the Unification Church started. Although the organizations that lead to the Unification Church really don't start till the early 50s the origin story, like with a lot of religious groups, the origin story goes back further before there's any sort of formal institution. So the origin story goes back to 1936 to an Easter Sunday. And this is the way that the Reverend Moon, who the late Reverend Moon who founded the Unification Church would tell the story later that he had an experience on that Easter Sunday as a 16-year-old with Jesus. And the way he would tell the story was that Jesus told Moon that jesus hadn't intended to die that wasn't supposed to be the plan and that instead he had come to create the true family uh, with his perfect bride and things went awry and so then the second part of that story then is in that moon was going to supposed to be then the second messiah if you will the second attempt to make this right and needed to find the the true mother so he could be the true father as the true parents and so with that foundation, we can quickly see why this has, from the beginning, been a very controversial group among Christians, because there's the implication that Jesus was a failed Messiah, and that there is a second Messiah who is needed.
0: I, I, you know, I'll just tell you, I was telling you this before we started recording that I grew up as an evangelical in the '90s, and I remember there being tracts and literature that basically warned us about the Unification Church and said. It, it's it's in line with what our leadership considered to be, quote unquote, cults like the Jehovah's Witnesses, like the Latter-day Saints, like this, you know, fill in the blank. And, you know, one can see theologically the kind of unorthodox facets here, as you just said, that if you if you in a, in a Christian context ever start talking about Jesus, as a failed Messiah, Jesus is wanting to have a spouse uh, and then someone else becoming a second Messiah or something close to it you're in you're in pretty you're in territory that's going to lead a lot of Christians theologically to say nope beyond the pale we can't accept this that's not going to work right um but that has not stopped the unification church leadership from wanting mainstream acceptance in religious life um can you give us some examples of of kind of maybe their attempts at that and then how along lines maybe that i just outlined they've kind of been considered outside the christian mainstream and not allowed in the fold of of mainstream Protestantism in the United States. Thanks for listening to this free preview of our Swag episode. In order to get access to the full episode and so much more, become a Straight White American Jesus premium subscriber by clicking the link in the show notes. It'll take you like two clicks, I promise. In addition to getting access to this episode, you'll have access to the entire Swag archive over 550 episodes. You'll also get